And we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because I like pissing off people that go ahead and tell me, you're not doing your show right, you should be doing it this way. You know what, that's perfectly fine. You're welcome to your opinion, asshole. Oh, wait, there's a joke in there somewhere. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble. You can find me pretty much everywhere online under that name. That's S-H-E-U-J-I-N. Hi. Good to be with you. Uh, we've got, uh, we got stuff that we're going to have to talk about tonight. And it's not just the overall order of the business. And I'll, I'll explain as we get onto it. From the chilly, frigid heartland of America in the Midwest of the U.S., Bridget Fitch, um, yeah, it's uh, it's gotten a little nippy, isn't it? It's 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 beyond bizarre. I mean, Mother Nature be throwing out numbers like 63, 12, 40, 11, 72, 3. A lot of numbers. That Mother Nature liked to play Kino. Yeah, and reminding everybody, those are uh, freedom heat units, so uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. And uh, but, just off to the yeah. is it yeah it's just random numbers it's like I don't know it's it's hot and cold and everything in between and then we had thunder sleet of all things yesterday it was really crazy oh that's 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 but every time the thunder would go the sleet would just go even harder it was funny perfect and <laughs> off to the right on the eastern seaboard where it's been a balmy there have been no hurricanes this week so that's a plus Unredo Tech. Welcome back. Good to see you, man. How are you doing? I'm okay. Currently cleaning the kitty litter box. And uh, right now the temperature is, uh, according to my thermometer, it says it's a tip bit nipply. Yeah, that that happens. Yeah. That happens. And uh, before anybody gives me any credit or, or, or hell about it, yes, I know. I know. I did not get to check text um, audio oh before we came up. How, no, I how got bad it. is it? Is it I, too quiet or too hot? It's not good. Well, it was it was a little bit low on my side, and my side is the one that goes out to YouTube, and I fixed it on my side, so I don't want to hear shit. Okay. Anyway, uh, we're expecting Joey should be showing up uh, momentarily. He's got visitors, so should be showing up. Might not. We'll see. Um, so we'll see how this all plays out. Of course, as everybody, thank you very much for being with us. Um, if you are you know, wanting to be with us live, of course, over in the live chat window over there. It's always good to have you guys over there. Stephanie, again, good to see you over there. Yeah, we were we were chatting a little bit before the show officially started. And yeah, uh, minus two. You know what? That's that's fine. And I, I don't I don't blame you. It can be a little um, it can be a little bit dangerous when it gets, you know, further down past that. You know, robins will start to roll over on the street. The, the, some people actually understand what that is. And Felis, hi, hun. Good to see you over there. Before we get started, uh, two quick things. Uh, item number one, uh, in honor that I actually got out for the first time in several weeks, I decided I was going to pick up some uh, Ingling Lager RWB, traditional lager, for the first time oh. in a very long time, which is a very, very 
tall 24 fluid ounce container. Why? I don't know. I don't remember having tried this one in particular before. And this is the first time I'm trying a beer in a significant amount of time. Uh, because I don't know what it's been, but I, I, I think having the alcohol on top of the coffee that I would typically have to kind of help stay awake has made sleep, um, poor. So this is kind of a, a test to find out if that kind of holds water, if you will, as a very large can. But I did remember to bring my, you know, my, my beer steiny over here. Oh, look at that. A perfect pour. And by perfect pour, I mean, I didn't drop any on the keyboard, which would be an unfortunate item. Holy smoke. I poured that and I put like no head on that. Well, wow, look at that. I mean, it looks backwards to what I'm looking, but the script on there even coordinates nicely with your can. Yeah, it's sort it's, of. Um, the script on it says, uh, this is Oktoberfest, Prescue Isle Downs and Casino, which is apparently uh, in Pennsylvania, I think. When I went and looked it up, I got this. Uh, I got this thing at a secondhand store, so it was just like it's it's a beer glass the way it's supposed to be. So yeah, but anyway. it plays off your your can of lager very well. The design on the can that's true. That's a good point. Just visually, yeah, yeah. The funny part about it, and and I'm I'm looking at at how um thin it is as far as to color. Uh, this is this is definitely dehydrated. Uh, horse. Some people understand what I'm talking about at that point. Uh, you don't really need to, but you know the funny part is, and uh, Tech, I think you'll appreciate it. If if you, I got to tilt this the right way so that there we go. You can probably see the coloring on the can looks like it's made out to be the digital camouflage that, that they cool. use now. I, I don't know if that's really what it's supposed to be, or if it's just really really bad. Um, BMP encoding. Anybody that knows what a BMP is? I like like the design, though. I mean, it's catchy. It's it's still very full. So much that's still in there. Anyway, um, L'chaim. I I apologize. I butchered that, but... Oh! Okay. Spear. That's disappointing. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Anyway, let me take care of uh, one piece of kind of sober and important business uh, right off the right off the get go tonight. You guys who have been with us long enough know full well that amongst the shows that I do, I do a lot of music during the week. I do a couple of radio shows at night for folks in Second Life. And this week, I was in the middle of a show when shit went sideways in Ukraine. As you can probably imagine, that made my uh, my show at that point exceedingly difficult on my brain. To that end, I say to you the same thing that I've said on last night's radio show, and uh, I, I see Joey just joined us. Well, I'll, I'll have him back me up on a piece of this. And the same thing that I said at the end of pretty much all my shows this week. 
I have a $40 microphone, a $200 mixer, and a really good EQ setting so that I sound good. I and we have a platform. Because of that, I slash we, I know I'm speaking on behalf of everybody over here, but you know what, I'm pretty sure they'll back me up on this one. We feel that we have a responsibility. And part of that responsibility is to use our platform to do what it is that we do, to try to give everybody a moment of normalcy just for a little bit. Whether it's during my radio streams, if it's during our show recording, something that you can hold on to, to just for a little while, kind of switch off of all of the other shit that's going on. And at the very least, have a piece that you can say, okay, I'm here. We're going to talk about whatever it is that we're going to talk about. We're going to chair dance to whatever it is musically that's going on. But at least I've got something that I can hold on to. That's what we're going to try to continue to do, because that's what we've always tried to do. And if you need a little bit more, if you need a helping hand, virtually speaking, we'll be here for you. And we'll do our damnedest to try and help you with that. We'll get through all this stuff together. So now that I went ahead and got that piece out of the way... Joey joined us first, and uh, I, I pretty much said the almost exactly the same thing last night, and, and Joe can, can vouch for me on this one. So, Joey, glad you're able to make it. How you doing? A little out of breath at the moment, but I'll be fine. That's fair. That's perfectly fair. And I saw, Joseph, you were able to make it as well. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, okay. And you, sir? I'm I'm doing reasonably well. Uh, as I said earlier, it's uh, minus five over here, which is actually pretty okay. But you know what? It It's my car started without needing to be charged. So that's a good starting off point for the day. So I'm good. Man, if we yeah. get Dallin in here, we'll have a full house. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we recharged my battery for uh, about six hours, I think, Thursday. So, um, yeah, I'm good now. <laughs> That's all good. I recharge my batteries every night. Well, I mean, my, my car battery was like D.E.D. dead. Oh, no, I'm talking about my flashlight addiction. Gotcha. But it's only like minus one here, so it's it's not brutal. Yeah. Yeah, when it was um, minus 16 here for, you know, the better part of a week, yeah, my, my car was not real happy with me. Yeah, that's, that's you know, brutal. Yeah, you, you don't get out very often, like once a week, 10 days. Yeah, the, the car starts to be really unhappy about that. Yeah, I, I ended up having to use my husband's because I was having to take him to you know doctor's appointments, go to the pharmacy and stuff like that. And my car was just completely dead. 
I'm having flashbacks to those 1980s commercials about the diehard car batteries. Anybody <laughs> else remember those? That was um, good advertising back in the day. I mean, they yeah. they were very innovative in some of their commercials. There, there back in the that. 80s and 90s. There's yeah. that. I, I do have to ask before you get into your five minute and all mm-hmm. that stuff. When you said that you were, you know, streaming music when things went sideways, were you aware that things had gone sideways before I messaged you? I hope you were. I don't remember what time it was. Uh, I don't know. I just remember that I sent you a, a message from angry staffer of a single word. Yeah, Did you I, know before that or after that? This, I don't know. This week has been quite a blur, so I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, hey, if I did that. I'm sorry. It, 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 you're in good company, Bridget. I sent a video clip. Somebody took a video of a bunch of baby ducks, and by a bunch, I mean about a hundred or plus of these things, all Ooh. running into a pond. Okay. Uh-huh. That's one and then another. they put that like that action movie music that you would get with like Conan the Barbarian kind of music to the background. And I thought it was great. So I sent it to my girlfriend with the caption, the invasion has begun. Half an hour later, my phone beeps going, Russia has invaded Ukraine. The next message I sent her was, sweetie, I was kidding with the video. I'm terribly sorry. When you wake up, please read the news. Yeah, I just sent message. I just said I sent like a message to Shijin and said, "Angry staffer just posted this," and all it said was "fuck." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so just before I get started with stuff, I'm realizing I may have uh, I I may have inadvert uh, I may have put stuff into the show notes already that aren't supposed to be there because it's stuff from last week's show. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, I'll I'll get that fixed by the time this goes, you know, public. I did go looking up information on Rafe Badawi's condition. Before I give all of that, as of the recording of tonight's show, it has now been nine years, eight months, 13 days since Rafe was unjustly incarcerated for thought crimes. According to his official Twitter account. There is an expectation that he will be released from prison within the next 48 hours. I don't know what to do with that as yet. But I'll tell you what I will do. I'm going to use that as the jumping off point for the five-minute freestyle. So with five minutes on the clock, freestyle starts now. Again, promises. They're easy to make. We make them all the time. Ask a little five-year-old kid to make a promise to you. I mean, they'll do it, no problem. And no no idea what it is they're actually agreeing to, because they can't in some cases. But this thing that's going on with Rafe Badawi, who is admittedly only one person who is in this particular type of situation. We know it's only him that we're specifically keeping track of, and there are more. It's easy to go ahead and promise, you know what? Yes, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll let him loose. 
but he's still got whatever it is that's on his sentence officially. Reminding you, his sentence was for 10 years in prison. Yeah, they could release him at the end of this month, as the expectation is, but there's no guarantees. And after that, there's still a fine. Don't know if that's going to be commuted or if that's going to be just waived or if it's going to be, who knows, doubled in place of actual jail time. And what about his time that he's going to have to remain in the country officially? Is that going to be tacked onto? Or is that going to be, well, if you pay us a little bit more, we'll deduct time off of that? We don't know. We've got no way of knowing. All we know is that there is a promissory note that is waiting in the wings. And we don't know if we can be cashed on. We don't know if it will be. We don't know if it could be. All we've got right now is the hope that that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, something about promises that we kind of take for granted is that there is an implicit conception that there's an agreement, that there is a gentleman's agreement that you're going to abide by what it is that you say. And that's why when I say I, me personally, promise something, I will say it and I will mean it. And for me, it means I will do my damnedest to make sure that what I am agreeing to, I will do. I will make have happen. But there is a difference. I have an expression that I use, which is a little bit different. And Joey's heard me use it. And I'm pretty sure the rest of the team has too. For me, that expression is my word, which is a shorter version of my word of honor. It's an old antique type of idea that, you know, people actually still have honor that they'll follow up with. And yeah, the first thing that some people think about are, you know, the Knights of the Round Table or, you know, the Klingons going into battle. In a way, kind of, yeah. The idea is that you have pledged that you have integrity. Because that is something that there is no amount of money that should be able to breach that. It's something that we've taken for granted for a very long time. And we've talked about it in different respects. In politics, it's easy to make a promise and then break it because, I mean, you make a promise to get into, you know, in, into office and then, well, you can do whatever you want after that. And yeah, we've, we've heard that. We've seen that. But when it comes to matters of integrity, your promise is your word. Your word is your bond. That is, as the Japanese typically put it, your face. You don't mar your face. But the problem of it is, that is a piece of capital that seems to be almost non-existent for a certain segment of the population. For those of you that don't think that your promise 
that your word, that your integrity has any value whatsoever, it's about as valueless as NFTs at that point. You don't think it matters? It matters to the rest of us because your failures make it tough for all the rest of us to make things work right. Episode 397 on the Docket Runner. We're still here for you. We don't normally deal with the actual day-to-day news. But tonight we're going to deal with part of it. We're also going to deal with it in a sideways fashion. And we're going to try to find a way of helping each other. So that we can help others around us. The short version of it is, as Fred Rogers had once said, always look for the helpers. They're the ones to trust. We want to try to find a way of helping you to become one of those helpers in just a small way. Before we get to that, we need to get over to the horrible scopes. So if you guys are good, we get to have a little bit of fun. So I got my copy pulled up. So we will see how this plays out. So folks, it is time as stated for the horrible scopes. If you know what your astrological sign is cool. If you don't make it up as you go along, it doesn't matter. And as an aside, I normally go ahead and ask, would anybody like a nicer or naughtier one for yourselves or somebody else's sign? And this past week, somebody said, I would like naughty across the board. Okie dokie. You got uh, it. By the way, speaking of naughty, mm. there's five of us logged in to Discord, but there's only four of us logged into the horrible scopes. Well, we will uh, we will have to see about that, and we'll figure out who that is momentarily. Let me get your old rolling over here. Aries, summer is closer than you think, and to that end, it's time to plan for your beach attire and the body that goes with it. If you have a body, you can wear a swimsuit. Just remember, if it has a lining in it, don't remove it unless you're going to one of those beaches. Speaking of beaches, hey, bitch. Chris, <laughs> you started learning new languages during your lockdown months, and we're proud of you. But, you know... You don't have to learn to read Japanese just to read those special websites, right? <laughs> it's okay to buy those comic books and just make up your own stories and dialogue. It'll probably be better than anything Vivid Entertainment produced in the 1970s. There is Ow. a reference Ow. for some people who are just, who, who are like cringing right now and you're my VHS people. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Gemini, what would you do for a Klondike bar? More like, what won't you do, right? Would you have your back and soldier soldier? Uh, but I can't talk now. Would you have your back and soldiers waxed of all hair? Would you take the one chip challenge? 
would you voluntarily eat a Napoleon Klondike bar? No, no. Better a no. Neapolitan. Sorry, For, uh, dude, I can't talk today. Seriously, I'm the one that's drinking beer right now. What the hell is your problem? I haven't had enough coffee, man. I got this crap substitute. That's fair. Would you voluntarily eat a Neapolitan Klondike bar? Better think about that last one, because that's a real thing. Yes, I have. I've seen it. I've tried it. I don't like it. And don't mix it up with the doggy ice creams. Seriously, don't. Don't mix it up with the doggy ice creams. Yeah. Yeah. Joey? Cancer Moonchild, we didn't expect you to take the Lime Green 1977 AMC Gremlin as a replacement vehicle, but damn it, you surprised us. And now we know why you took it. The rear bench seat has uh, vintage uh, Naga hide, so after you or your special someone get down and done breaking those uh, rear leaf springs, you can just host the interior down. Good call. <laughs> There's some people who really don't know what Naga hide is, and, and oh god, yeah, <laughs> I remember it's bad <laughs> stuff. Joseph, over yeah. to you. You're on Leo, Joseph, and you're muted. Joseph, you're muted. Joseph, ah, I started. Go. I started reading and everything. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was halfway in. Uh, Leo, you did a great job on that story from last week. We never would have guessed that you had a noir detective story in you somewhere. Next time, don't describe the femme fatale's legs as, quote, reaching from her ankles all the way up to her torso, unquote. That's how everyone's body works. Yeah, but that's also the main storyline of the 1970s pornos. It was also the way that. Abraham Lincoln described his body size to someone. I shit you not. That actually is a thing. <laughs> I gotta look I got that up. Yeah. By the way, Joseph, uh, I, I forgive me. Hearing you say noir, oh, that sounds so much better than it sounded in my own head because I can't speak French. That was thanks. How how would how would you say that? No, you said it exactly right. You said that it perfectly. is. You said now it. That's would, the thing. How, what's the quote unquote normal way to say it in North America? It, it no, is. No. It is still. We noir. mispronunciate it. Is there, what they're saying. There, there's, there's, a, there's a actual French nuance because it is a French word, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. So I kind of read it automatically. What, no, that's like that's it. that's that's perfect. That's exactly what I was hoping for. It's like it's when like, I say croissant. Uh, croissant. Say exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's like Bridget, the word, you owe me a Pepsi. It's like the word. Uh, Salon. I'll mm. never say salon. <laughs> I can't say it like that just, anymore. Just say salad. No, salon. 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 As an aside, over there, by the way, in the uh, chat, Josh rocks. Hi. Do you see you over there? Continuing on. Virgo, did you know that 1971's Flesh Gordon was made for the equivalent of three and a quarter million dollars in today's money, and it actually turned a profit. A small one, but it's still. So go out there, get yourself a $3 million loan, and you can make a low-budget hit too. Except if you want it to make money, it can't be a comedy. 
or action movie. Uh, no thrillers, no musicals, and uh, nothing nothing directed at kids. Uh, how about you just spend a couple hundred dollars on uh, lights and a camera and just make an OnlyFans account instead? That, that'll that probably be better for you, money-wise. Yeah, don't roll 34 Finding Nemo, whatever you do. Or do. I mean, that, I, I don't care if you're at work or not. I'm not going to shame. I'm not going to kink shame anyone. <laughs> Libra. They're called groupers for a reason. <laughs> what? Nothing. Nothing. Libra. No. The people at the grocery checkout are not judging your purchases. But only buying a kid of Pringles, two dishwashing sponges, rubber cleaning gloves, and antibacterial soft soap in a pup jar will get you looked at. Look them in the eye and dare them to say anything. Stare them in the eye and establish dominance. Or split up your purchases at different locations, you know. There you go. That's what I do. Scorpio, new purchases are on the horizon for you this week. Just remember that the 55-gallon drums of no-name water-based personal lubricant cannot be delivered to a personal residence. If you're on good terms with your boss, you might be able to get away with having it delivered there instead. Good luck fitting it in the back of your Volkswagen Jetta, though. There is a story behind that, and we're not going to tell you all about it. <laughs> Joey. One second. Get situated here. <laughs> <coughs> that I'm sorry. Be- Sagittarius. Your clothing collection needs to be revamped. Make sure you know what your correct sizes are and visit the local secondhand shop for some good deals. And don't splurge on anything in those elect- in that electronic section. You do not need a Super 8 projector for those old stag reels. It's funny you should bring that up, given our topic last night. Mm-hmm. Joseph, over to you. And you're still muted. There you go. Yeah. Uh, eternal problem. Okay. <laughs> uh, Capricorn. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Capricorn. You have some drinking buddies that miss you. Bring home some Captain Morgan, Johnny Walker Black, and Jagermeister so you can see all those pink elephants again. Or just put on those Dumbo DVD and save yourself the 43 and one ounce sampler bottles. Close enough. Aquarius. And as an aside, somebody was complaining about Aquarius this week, that they only get Chinese fortune cookies now. And I had to explain to him why. Aquarius, your Chinese fortune cookie fortune says, I really need to find a better way of typing that out because that is just a mumble mouth kind of thing. Your Chinese fortune cookie says, for success today, look first to yourself. Meaning, you need a control sample to know what you shouldn't be looking for. Remember, if the women don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy. Your lucky lotto numbers this week are 33, 3, 18, 32, 12, and 38. As an aside, those of you that have been playing those colorful Word puzzle things, 
I dare you to try to figure out what the secret message is in there. Good luck. I have to see. Try that. Pisces, your birthday is coming up, and it's time to take your significant other up on their naughtiest suggestions. So if you have a basement, a small refrigerator, and a spare microwave oven, you can do all kinds of loud things without anyone hearing down there. If you don't have a basement, just line your walls with spare mattresses. Just don't have any upstairs neighbors. I don't know how many people would actually have that many spare mattresses to line their walls with, but you know what? I guess we'll, I guess next week we'll find out when we get all kinds of heat mail. Or not, as the case may be. Those are your horrible scopes for this week, remember? If you like what you got, um, <laughs> you're weird. But if you'd like to ask for nicer, naughtier to certain groups, or individuals, feel free to let me know. All you got to do is ask. I will have these posted online all over the place at the end of the week when I get working on, when the stars inspire me to get the next ones done. Because that is kind of a thing. As an aside, by the way, um, in, in seriousness, by the way, I had a, uh, I had uh, an alarm go off that I had set for myself a while ago because there were supposed to be a couple of stars uh, I don't remember where I've since deleted the thing because it turns out it was, it was wrong that were expected to be colliding sometime between now and the end of the year. And we might be able to see it in the sky. Apparently I revisited the news article and it came up and said, Oh no, it looks like we had bad information at the time and uh, we've revamped those uh, estimations. So it's a really good chance that you're not going to be alive when that finally happens. So uh, don't count on it this year. Uh, okay. Fine. I'm, I guess that just means that we get to wait on Beetlejuice to finally blow up. Fine. So it's going to be. Well, they already have, and we just don't know it. Yeah. That's true. And sad. Kind of sad to think about. That's one. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. It's one of my favorites. So, topic on tonight. Yeah, um, the uh, the beginnings of some really weird is going on over in Ukraine, and we know it, and Belarus, and we know it, and the entirety of Eastern Europe is very much of the, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, is this really happening? Yeah. We know. We know. And the reason for doing the show that we're going to be doing tonight is actually because of posts that I saw on social media. And I'm going to completely butcher it because I didn't write it down or anything, but it was basically, uh, it was basically an ask, if you will, to millennials that what they might want to do is to find themselves some Gen Xers like us so that we can help you get through the stress of all this shit because we've kind of lived through parts of this already. 
It doesn't mean it's going to change anything, but maybe we can kind of help you find a little bit of personal, emotional safety for a little while. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of explain where, where this is. And I want us to kind of go along with stuff. Uh, item number one of which is I was born in 1969. I was born after the Cuban Missile Crisis, which in and of itself was terrifying for the world. I was out of college at the time when we had to worry about the invasion of Iraq. I lived through the 444 days of the hostage situation in Iran in 79 and 80. 78, 79, and 80. Oh. I personally have seen several times where we have been at the brink of warfare, open hostilities, very, very hostile. And until I started doing uh, radio shows and doing recaps of the news, I did not know that in the early 80s, I think it was 83, we almost had a nuclear exchange, which was only stopped by one Soviet Union radar tech who saw a missile on his radar coming from the U.S. One missile and concluded that it was a mistake in his console and saw another one and again concluded it's a mistake in the console because as Joseph will tell you, using critical thinking saved the day because his conclusion over his training was there is no way the Americans would send a volley of one missile. Therefore, my instruments must be wrong. And because of that, we did not have a nuclear exchange. We are still here to talk about it. And he was summarily punished for not launching missiles. He was eventually given accommodations for thinking, but we didn't find out about that until years later. And to be fair, mm. to be fair, that would have also happened here in the U.S. Had it been the inverse, had one single technician decide to overrule the command over something like that, even though he or she was right, they still would have been punished for failing to follow command. Granted, again, proactively later on, they would have awarded them for averting a crisis. But the point is, is that militaries, all militaries, operate on the basis of you do what you're told and you don't ask questions for the most part because they don't have, there's not necessarily the time to ask a question. Sometimes you have to re react. And in this case, you're right. 
were really lucky that that guy had a set of brains and was willing to rationalize it, use logic and deduction and go, this, this has got to be a, a, a problem. And again, not the entire military. There are definitely sections of the military, definitely sections of the command structure where they do have to think and they do have to take, you know, uh, work things out. So, but I foresee, I could easily foresee that in the inverse scenario or the opposite scenario, same thing happening on our end through our military. I would hope that. Now, the thing that I want to make sure that folks are completely aware of, we've each had our own experiences with it. Some of us did nuclear uh, nuclear uh, attack tests in grade school, in addition yep. to fire uh, fire drills. Yep. Yeah. Some no of one... us have had to set up exercises to <laughs> practice for nuclear exchange, mm -hmm. knowing that that yeah it it would be futile. Yeah, and some of us have grown up near military bases or military production places. Uh, Stephanie is saying lived through the cold war, which puts it, well, depending as yeah. to when it would, it would have been anywhere between, uh, let's say 1950 and 1990. It's probably a good time frame to give it. So, you know, anywhere during that time frame, uh, yeah. position between three RAF stations, meaning the missiles would have just roasted. Where I grew up in Long Island, we had uh, several uh, several production houses, not the least of which two names that folks would recognize, Grumman and Fairchild Republic. And for those of you that don't recognize those names for some reason, trust me. Grumman is now Northrop Grumman. Yeah. Trust me when that I say- That one people should recognize. Yeah. Fairchild, though, that, that's an old one. Yep. Fairchild. Yeah, I don't even so. know if they're still alive or well, around them. Yes, because Fairchild mm -hmm. became Fairchild Republic. Fairchild Republic became Fairchild Republic Grumman. Became Grumman. Oh, became Northrop Grumman. They merged. Okay. So not very that. far from where I lived was one of the houses, if you can call it that, that were producing A-10s. I know when we had, you know, our exercises and things like that, we were taught, you know, how to harden areas and check for radiation and all that other stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like the guy that was leading the exercises, even though we had to do them, is like, you realistically, we know that we'll see a flash and won't even have time to kiss our asses goodbye and we're gone. But we have to do the exercises anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And just because it has to be said, A10 go burp. Yep. Now, there is a piece that, uh, as a matter of fact, Stephanie, you, you're actually leading right into the bit for me, so thank you. Stephanie's saying, in the UK, our military are taught about illegal orders and how to refuse them. In a crisis, I'm not sure how many would remember that. Joe, we've talked about this many times before. It is not just trained to you. It is under an obligation that you will not follow an illegal order. But the question that I've got for you is, in the heat of anything going on, that can't be an easy thing to try to evaluate, isn't it? 
Certainly not. The, uh... Granted, in the heat of the moment, yeah, it's it's going to be one of those things where you do what you have to based on the situation as to the legality of things. That's why we have after-action reports and tribunals. Yeah, and part of the reason why I wanted to hit this over to you in particular, no pun intended, you'll see why. One of the videos that I saw come through was, you know, I don't even know which forces it were. I think they were, uh, I think they were American because they were speaking English and, and I'm not quite sure where they were at the time, but it was a bunch of guys who were going through some, uh, I don't even want to call them houses because they looked like they were structurally mud. Uh, for lack of a better way of describing it, and they get to the they get to the end of this hallway, walkway, whatever, because they're trying to find out, you know, where are the bad guys at, where are the bad guys at, and one of the guys got hit front and center of his helmet. He took a sniper shot right to his helmet. Everybody dropped back. Everybody got running back, and. Fortunately, they asked the guy and he's just like, no, I'm okay. Okay. My, my ears are ringing like crazy, but I'm okay. Um, that's got to kind of freak out. You, you have had some experience in this area that, that can't be, um, I I'm, I'm being glib about it. Please forgive me. Moments like that can't be fun. That has got to be a new level of 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 fuck it all that we civilian life we just can't understand. And I'm wondering, is there anything that you kind of want to explain? what that's like to a certain degree. All right. I'm zoned out a bit because thing going on over here, but <laughs> a lot, of, a lot going on on my end. That's fair. What was the question again? As somebody who has experienced being under fire and, um, additional, what I was saying is that there, there's got to be a a certain level of fear, is is probably the the only word that I can use for it. That civilian life, there is simply no way of understanding what that could possibly be like. And I'm wondering if you want to share what that what that can kind of be like I mean, in some fashion. I have to look at it at a different perspective because. In my experience, growing up as I did and then going into the military and being trained from the get-go how to cope with that, I, will, I honestly, I'm not sure how 
a civilian would react in that situation. Because I have an entirely different experience set with that. Um, I can only... I hate to make it seem like we become mindless robots, but there is a level of reflex involved with our training where when for lack of a better term shit hits the fan you you snap that switch and it's it's not a matter of drowning everything out it's a matter of this is what needs to happen And for somebody who does not have that kind of training, I mean, I have seen people break down in the store just trying to figure out what to do about, you know, slight price changes and options for groceries, for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. There's conditioning in it. I mean, you know, for sure. I have never been in, you know, war. I mean, mine would be from the other side of of that as far as, you know, uh, setting up field hospitals and things like that. And, you know, having to memorize what the Geneva Conventions are and how supposedly we would be covered and protected, you know, from them because we're medical. But we all knew that that (laughs) only applies to people who fight fairly in a war. But... You know, part of our training, brainwashing is not the right word, but it was conditioning to react to whatever is being told of you without questioning it. And you question it later. And the purpose, you know, at least for the first several weeks of my training was to get you to do that, regardless of how bizarre it was. Um... You know, and it was to find out who is going to break at that moment when you have to be able to act without, you know, thinking it over and just do it. Because, you know, when stuff hits fan, if you don't react, you could end up losing a lot of people over it. Your inaction can cause other people to die. And so they would have us do things like, you know, they'd bang on the lockers at three o'clock in the morning and have us jump up and run to a room and, you know, put a towel on and stand with, you know, mattresses over our heads for no good reason, you know, and just random things like that to get you to just do as you're told, you know, or, you know, get in your face and scream at you going through your stuff and throwing out birth control pills everywhere and trying to embarrass you if you're a woman and, you know, say, why do you have these? Cause you're not getting laid here, airmen or whatever. And the people who couldn't handle it, it was best to have them wash out and go home. It sounds a lot like, um, it was like hazing almost no way, but it was a reason for it. Yeah. is one of the guys I used to work with. I worked with for, close to well i still know and associate with the guy he's my friend um i've known him so let's see close to 15 years now and um he was in the air force and he tried out for some kind of special 
uh, position that's supposedly like really small amount of people get into because it's both physically and mentally demanding, just something very high up the chain. Um, or some, I'm describing it in a wrong, but I think you get the point. So he was saying that what would happen is like you were saying, they'd come in at random hours of the wee night after grueling training and blast thought, you know, air horns, or they'd smack trash can lids or pots and pans together where they'd mm-hmm. flip your bed. They'd, yep. uh, you, you could have your sock drawer perfect and they would come in and they would, tear your socks apart saying they weren't perfect they weren't perfect and just toss them everywhere and they tell you to go pick up the mess you know oh and you got to be at you know such and such building in five minutes get started you know just uh, non-stop grueling they, they even tested them like to see if they would talk in their sleep so he woke, woke up in the middle of the night one time and one of the guys was trying to get information out of him that he had learned uh you know throughout the week um, apparently he passed that one because he was telling jokes in his sleep. So that that's funny. Um, but yeah, he didn't wash out. He just decided it wasn't um, for him. The amount of grueling and everything that he was going through. He was like, if this is how it's going to be for me for the rest of, you know, my career doing this position, I don't want to go through this. And so, you know, took, took the bow and walked out. And it's not necessarily always like that, though. I mean, yeah. they, they try to break you early, and then they build you back up. Well, he was already in the Air Force at this point. He had already okay. been broken and built back up. This was something more grueling that he had volunteered gotcha. for. Yeah. Now, Joseph, we're all, of course, on the U.S. side of it all. And as we know full well, the United States has a very long-running history with – um not doing things like um, covertly invading other countries and always being on the brink of war, thereby justifying the ability of spending far and away more money than we really have in order to keep the military complex alive. We would never do that. That would be wrong. But I have to imagine. For, being thank a, you. You're being a, uh, that's, that's irony, of course. Yeah. yeah. But I have to imagine uh, – you know, during uh, during a good portion of these earlier years, you were still well. Shit, I forgot where where was it you were living in in Canada? Uh, London, Ontario. Okay, okay. So, not very far from. Well, all right. Granted, the vast majority of the populace of Canada is not very far from the American border. No, the, we're surrounded in that part. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a reason why I'm making that particular joke. There is the thing that uh, 75% of the Canadian population lives within 200 miles of the American border. So th- there's a there's a joke in there about stuff. But the piece that I'm actually going for is I don't know that I have ever asked this for you in those young years for us. We would go through, like I said, you know, uh, in in grade school, we would have fire drills. And in the 70s, we still had, you know, fallout drills, uh, nuclear nuclear drills, although they didn't necessarily call them that to our faces as students. What was it like for you guys 
I mean, fire drills, I would imagine, would still happen. But did you guys have to go through extra stuff like that, too? Mm, fire drills, not much more than that. God, you guys had it so much better. Yeah. Well, I did some, spend some time in the uh, uh, preparing for the military. Never went through it. But never went through with it. But uh, um, yeah, that was a bit something else. But for the general population, no. The reason why I'm bringing this up is that us in the U.S., we've to use a joke we've seen some shit man it's not exactly the best of things but we've we've seen some stuff we we've been through stuff we've antagonized a lot of stuff and fortunately we've gotten through a lot of stuff not necessarily the best but we've kind of gotten through and that doesn't mean that we're not affected by it well, it's one thing to be part of the general population. It's another part to be, you know, um, directly in the military. I think since the well, Vietnam, or at least, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember the last time the, the, the U.S. population was directly in, implicated into a, a military conflict. It's one thing to watch from afar. It's another thing to, um, yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, as, yeah, as far as to having been involved in stuff, well, let's, I hate to put it this way, let's list them down. Korea. On the heels of Korea, uh, the next most notable one, as was mentioned, Vietnam. The next notable one after Vietnam. Uh, okay, now that wouldn't be that starts to become a little bit more dicey, depending as to how you look at it, because we dealt with uh, Central America with the CIA and covertly, and running guns for Noriega, and running guns uh, out to the Middle East. But that was just Oliver North, and and you know he was he was a perfectly well decorated war veteran. So you know whatever. By the way, fuck him. Um, maybe what I was trying to say is that uh, the Vietnam War, you had the protests against the Vietnam War, and the uh, and like there was like a, an uprising against it. True. So like there, there was some involvement, and it did have an effect on that war. Um, but since then. For me, it's almost as though the the general population is looking at stuff like, uh, uh, well, the first Iraq conflict was a little more, quote-unquote, justified, as Saddam was saying. But the second one, um, I just got the impression everybody was watching a football game. You know, making comments about it, but not really feeling any personal implication. Yeah, there is that. And the funny part of it is, there was a lot of protest that went on with Vietnam. A lot. 
And yep. mostly because it didn't make any real goddamn sense. It really didn't. And for the better part of 20 years after, America didn't get into any high-profile warfare. Not on the same scope by any stretch of the imagination. But like you said, up until Saddam Hussein and uh, and um, Iraq and... It was kind of as if there was a knowledge that if the populace was not behind it, really, really should not be anywhere near it. Because that's gonna, that's just going to go badly, no matter what. I think that's true in general anywhere, though. I think we're seeing that play out now. Yeah. Um. You know, but but one thing that I find kind of interesting in in the current situation is, you know, seeing the smaller, you know, states in Eastern, you know, the the smaller, you know, NATO. I I they're not states, you know, countries or whatever the the NATO members that are, you know, near Poland and. Estonia and all those places, they're starting to back away, you know, from Putin. And, and rightly so. Very, very heartening that, you know, when when Poland, you know, opened up their borders and said, we'll take you, even if you don't have passports, we'll sort it out later. Just if you can get here, you know, you have a place to stay and you'll be safe. You know, and then Romania did the same thing. And, uh I think Lithuania is also taking some people, but, you know, they're stepping up to take these people in and feed them and house them. And there's even, you know, you've heard of Doctors Without Borders. Yep. I think most people have. But apparently there is another group that's similar to that that's, you know, veterinarians without borders. And people that had, you know, been posting on, on Twitter before, you know, the... The full invasion were afraid to leave their animals behind and, and saying that I can't leave. I've got animals and I ha- you know, have nowhere to go. You know, they're like, bring your animals with you and we will take care of them and vaccinate them and get them, you know, pet passports. You know, bring your animals, please just get here. And and I it just it's it's heartening to see people step up like that and, and help their neighbors, you know, the surrounding countries. And I also find it, you know, very heartening that some of, you know, the Russia's quote unquote best allies are backing away and saying, we don't want anything to do with this. You know, even Kazakhstan, they don't really have much to contribute anyway, but they're like, no, we're not doing anything. And they're supposed to be best buds. They're neighbors. And they're not wanting to be involved in this at all. Stephanie's pointed out something. Uh, And, and. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this one. Uh, there were two pieces that you got over there, uh, Stephanie. The uh, the one above in the chat that I'm about to talk about. I'd like you to see if you can double check ver- to somewhat verify that one because I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to necessarily uh, add credence to that one if it's not if it's sketchy. You'll see what I mean. But uh, Stephanie said, uh, "Give you some idea of our small island's chances of survival." Remember that some Welsh lamb 
still cannot be eaten because of the fallout from Chernobyl. I did not realize that the fallout from Chernobyl had gone uh, west. I thought that it all would have gone north and northeast. Uh, I I never really looked it up, so that's that's terrifying to me. The important piece right here, though, is that, as was said, there are groups who are possibly in the line of fire, who are doing exactly this. They're stepping up. They're basically saying, look, borders be damned. We need people to be safe. We need family to be safe. And in some cases, that includes pets. In almost every instance, it should. And I have seen, uh, I saw a picture and a report uh, that was posted uh, via Reuters, Reuters? Whatever. Reuters. Reuters, the news agency. Um, Where there have been reports and in a photo of people who have brought their kids with passports or, or whatever documentation they can and turning them over to people at the border. Keep my kids safe. I'll come looking for them later if I can. And they go back into the country so that they can fight. They're trusting these people with their most valuable commodity possible, their kids. And these people are saying, go do what you got to do. We'll take care. And the thousands of cars in Romania that were lined up at the border just to take people. Just waiting there for them. (laughs) <laughs> I'm <laughs> shit. I'm sorry. I, I I shouldn't be making these kinds of jokes, but this this is what happens with my my black humor brain every once in a while. And I, I'm suddenly thinking to myself, "Great, you know, it's it's nice to know that Uber and Lyft have finally just gone ahead and said, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll 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 pay them out of our own pockets.' Pay for- <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean some of some of the stuff that has come out though, I mean it's it's not it, it it's funny but not funny, it's dark humor. It yeah. Yeah. So the piece that I'm trying to go with right here is that there are people who are willing to do because they can. They are taking in kids, they're taking in pets, they're doing what they can. Countries are bring through fuel weaponry anti-tank uh machinery which uh, i i i remember that there was a thing that said there were two that were specifically coming across from i don't remember i thought it was belarus i don't remember where it was but um germany is sending stuff over uh, a couple of other countries have, have announced that they're doing stuff. They're doing what they can. It may not be everything that they could do, but they're doing. And that's kind of the start. And that's, that's really where we're ending up over here. There's not a hell of a lot of anything that we can do ourselves 
directly affecting what's going on over there. And that's okay. Some of us can't give money. That's okay. Because what we can do is help each other to, for lack of a better way of putting it, we need to be able to help each other not lose our damned lives, not lose our damned minds. I mean, on the bright side, hmm. sorry to bring a little bit of dark humor to this, but at least on the bright I, side. I already opened the door on this one, man. Don't worry. <laughs> the heat's off of you. It's all on me. On the bright side, there's no uh, strange German fellow in a wheelchair yet, so. Okay. And there have been some really heroic moments out of Ukraine's, even though it was a horrible situation, but I don't think that anyone is ever going to forget that has seen the video and the memes from the attack on Snake Island. Yep. Go ahead and explain it. And I mean, do do I need to explain what this is or yes? I mean, do we? Um, anyway, there you know was a little, you know, a little island, you know, that's part of Ukraine uh, that had thirteen people stationed on it. Most of them were females, and you know, a warship comes up and tells them to put down your weapons and surrender, or you know, we're going to kill you. Russian warship. Let's remind you. That's yes, important. a war, a Russian warship, and they're putting over, you know, announcing over the loudspeakers, you know, lay down your arms and surrender, or you know, you will be killed. Thought it was on the radio. Eh, anyway, um, and so these people knew that they were going to be slaughtered. Anyway, and came back and told them, uh, what was it? Uh, Russian warship, go fuck yourself. And then they were slaughtered. As an aside, apparently that is the correct translation. It is the correct translation. And so that became a meme. Uh, and President Zelensky is going to you know, offer them the highest awards you know, posthumously. Um, but that has become like the most memorable quote so far in memes everywhere. And that is a, the correct translation of Russian warship. Go fuck yourselves. And then, boom. Yeah, and that one goes up there in, in the annals of history, almost as good as they've got us surrounded, the poor bastards. Mm-hmm. Anybody wants to go ahead and look that one up, go right ahead. Men, we find ourselves in a rare opportunity. We're surrounded. We have the rare opportunity to advance in any direction we wish. <laughs> um, I had mentioned that there was one other one uh, where the uh, the response was nuts, which was supposed to have been the the reply. I, I forget who it was that did it when it happened. I think I think it was supposed to be World War Two or whatever. It was. 
but apparently, uh, supposedly, that wasn't actually what was said. Supposedly, and I have to look this one up, supposedly it was something more along the lines of, you go ahead and tell that son of a bitch to go fuck himself. I could be wrong. Like I said, I have to go look that one up later. But um, in any case. It was General McCullough after he received the German request for his surrender. Hmm. And his response upon hearing the request was nuts. And he was trying to figure out how to res- how to re- word his response to them. And it was one of his aides that said, sir, I think you said it perfectly. Yeah, so, uh, like I said, I don't know if the version that I heard was accurate, so, I don't know. I like my version a little bit better, but that's just me, because, <laughs> I mean, it's it's only just slightly better than This is Sparta, but we know full well that that one is uh, very likely apocryphal, so, you know, whatever. The point when all is said and done is... There is bravery to be had at every level for every person. It's a question of what, where, and how. And that's kind of the point. That's, believe it or not, I mean, with all this other stuff that we're talking about, that's really the point. We need to be able to find a way of helping people to understand that they are, relatively speaking, safe. For the time being, as far as this piece is concerned with Europe, it gets a little bit more dicey when we start talking about the southern states of the United States, specifically Texas and Florida, whose governors can both go ahead and fuck themselves. I should really have set this to be a not safe for work episode. Oh, well. Oops. You know what? Whatever. Texas has gone ahead and said, you know what, any of these kids that uh, might be transgender, we want you to investigate the parents and make sure that um, you possibly uh, go after them for uh, child abuse or whatever kind of wording they've got for it. And similar kinds of things going on over there in Florida, which is all well and good, except that uh, at the rate they're going, Florida may end up with uh, a small contingent of uh, Omicron uh, vaccinated people, and that's all that's left in the state alive, which, grand scheme of things, might not necessarily be a bad thing. But I digress. Yeah, we have we have serious concerns for uh, kids in the LGBTQIA plus communities because of the shit that's going on down there. And, yeah, we're scared for you. We're angry with you. We are absolutely aghast. But there are bright spots. Not the least of which is, for you kids in Texas especially, there are some county DAs who have put out a letter and said, we will not do jack shit with this We're not going to do anything of the sort because Constitution says 
these people can live the way that they want. And we're going to follow that. And to all you people who are very likely putting your, uh, your reputations and your jobs on the line, you know, there's one for all of you guys. And we'll give you a commendation in whatever law offices we end up in. That's a, that's a Star Trek reference for some of you that aren't paying attention right now. But we can do what we can. We can remind people that we're here, we're going to help, we're going to protect, we will do our damnedest, and we're not going to let anybody get away with this shit. I didn't think to ask, Joseph, we, we get, we get what news we get. We've got a whole bunch of shit that's been going on over on our side because we've got people who very likely could end up at the wrong end of a, um, I don't know if treason qualifies. Giving, uh, giving aid to an enemy. Well, they're not exactly about, enemy right now, so are you, are you talking about the Trump hearings? Um, sort of, but not exactly. Where where I was actually going to go with you was to to ask what have what has the news reporting been like for you over there? I mean, you guys are obviously a hell of a lot closer to conflict than than what we are. Yeah, I'd like to know. I mean, I've been watching France 24 live, but I don't know. Yeah, um, well, we're just concerned about Ukraine. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. That's, that's the news cycle now. Um, there's a lot of people making a lot of noise, but not much more here. I'm really hoping it's only been three days, and uh, it's uh, and it it just started on Saturday, so or Friday, Thursday, sorry, Thursday. Mm. So I haven't really had that much time to to catch up, uh, especially with my colleagues uh, catching up on what they've been catching up on, because I haven't really I've been watching the news uh, every morning about this, but. Uh, yeah, I'm just noticing that the news feed is 90% filled with uh, the things that politicians aren't doing and about 10% of what's actually really happening on the ground. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, yeah, President Macron, and I, he, you know, he's been involved trying to, uh, you know, help defuse the situation too. But there was a statement that he had put out earlier today that got people kind of... I don't know, upset because I misinterpreted what, you know, he was saying or what the intent was. Um, you know, but he was he was trying to get the president of Belarus to, you know, back out, back off, and not allow nukes to be deployed to Belarus. But that looks like that is that is actually going, you know, 
to happen. And people misinterpreted what that meant as far as like deployed doesn't mean used in Belarus, but actually, you know, having nukes moved there to use. But people just misinterpreted what you know, AP reported, and they were just reporting what McClellan said. Yeah. And it didn't translate well. It's still... I mean, there was some confusion. Yeah, it's still yeah. an incredibly scary concept, regardless. I mean, it is, but people mis- misinterpreted that, you know, Moscow had green lit for Belarus to be attacked with nukes, and that was not what was green lit. It's, you know, allowing them to be used from there. And the last that I was able to find from, you know, reading uh, foreign policy was that there is a referendum that's supposed to be voted on to change the Belarusian uh, constitution in the next couple of days. And it will probably be changed to where, yes, they will allow these to be kept there. And that is, you know, that uh, that's an escalation. It's frightening, but not surprising. There's not a hell of a lot of anything that we can really do ourselves, individuals. And that's that's a hard thing to really come to grips with. Well, that's a distinction. I mean, if France was directly involved in this, um, yeah, well, um, basically everything your government does is uh, in your name. And it's the case for the U.S. And that also leads back to my reference to the Vietnam War. Um <laughs> Because the U.S. was directly implicated, but from a distance, uh, through diplomacy, uh, in other countries that uh, we normally have no relation. Um, oh, the best we can do is voice our opinion and make sure that our government's uh, relations with whatever country represents our opinion. Or our opinion... Um, well, it's Captain Fucking Obvious that what Wash is doing is just, uh, um, it's like, uh, World War II-esque. Um, supposedly we're in the 21st century and, uh, well, invading other countries, uh, like that, uh, uh, well, it has to be condemned. And we we just have to make sure that uh, our condemnation is heard. And the only way to to make ourselves heard is is through our governments, our respective governments. Yeah, and I think they are. And um, you know, uh, a couple of the other people that you know, I've I've been paying attention to. Uh, have said that they are moving in, yeah. You know, uh, as far as yeah, you know, coming through Belarus and things like that, they are moving in some of the, you know, thermobaric type weapons. You know, the bunker busters, Moabs, things like that. And I think if they were to drop a couple of those on Kiev, you know, it would be game over. And I, they're, they're, you know, they're so, they're so close to some of these other borders that are NATO members that if they happen to misstep in any way, I think it's going to rain hellfire to fire, 
can't tell hellfire down on them immediately. I don't think there will be a choice at that point. No, no, there, there, there absolutely won't be. And I think that's the only reason why, you know, we're limited in what we can do is, you know, because, you know, we've got this situation where Ukraine is not a member of NATO. If they were, problem solved. This would not be happening. And there's a lot more people could do. But, you know, at the same time, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of forces that are nearby. So if, you know, it does happen to to drag in a NATO country, then, you know, everybody's going to be there to jump in and, and assist. It's, you know, but I, I mean, the only way that I could see this changing would be if they were to, uh, you know, admit Ukraine immediately, you know, to NATO as an emergency measure. And I don't see why they haven't. And he begged for it. And that's the only way that, that this could have been stopped. But this has to be stopped because they will not be the last. Anyone that does not have nuclear weapons or is not a member of NATO is fair game. And if Putin has not stopped, that is his intention is to take those countries. I mean, even Sweden and Finland are concerned for themselves. And what the hell has Sweden ever done to anybody? Nothing. Well, well, not in recent memory. I, I, I know some Danes that would disagree with you there. Well, maybe, but, but Sweden and Finland, I mean, the world does not have a beef with them at this point, but they're even afraid and needing, you know, wanting admission quickly. You know, I was, I was going to say, maybe they're all upset because uh, ABBA gave us a new album, but that's, that's the wrong country right there, isn't it? <laughs> you know, but and, and right, and right now there's really no way to be, to be neutral. In this, yeah. China is doing their best to be neutral. They're trying to have it both ways because they don't China want to lose us. Also, China is also looking to fly a whole bunch of sorties out past their beaches into water. Uh, uh, yeah, and they're looking at Taiwan as yeah. well. And Taiwan's going, uh, hey, <laughs> what yeah. about us? But they're trying to not sever their trading relation with us either. They're, you know. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. I want to, I, I want to push past you guys. Uh, by the way, uh, Stephanie had sent me over uh, the video. I can't review it now because of the technological setup, but I'm going to assume that it's as you would put, uh, Stephanie had put earlier, uh, I've read reports that some captured Russian soldiers are in catatonic states. Remember that a lot of them are conscripts with very little training. From what that's, I'm understanding, yeah, that's 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 no bueno. When all is said and done, these are not military people. Well, and, well, so, I mean, and they, they were they are. And some of them were lied to too. Yeah, the ones that were taken in recently thought they were on exercises and didn't realize they were being sent in to go kill people and uh, are willingly turning themselves in as soon as they can because they're cold and they're hungry and they didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, see, this This is what happens. You know, you, you go and invade um, Ukraine in the middle of winter, you should 
pack some freaking winter gear. And apparently they didn't exactly do that the right way. Funny how it works that way, isn't it? Oh, I mean. It's supposed to go the other way, I know, but. Yeah, that that, and also you're, 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 uh, you're at a longitude uh, or two too low, but. Yeah, well. Still, uh, it is cold. It's just not that cold. Yeah, there is that. Um, and certainly not for the folks up in the uh, northern section. Referencing, of course, the dumbasses who decided to take the scientists and engineers in charge of keeping Chernobyl under control hostage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's. A, that's a- I, I do feel sorry for the guys though that really didn't want to be here. They were conscripted and no plans to even resupply them or provision them because, you know, Putin assumed this was going to be over in two or three days and the government would fall and he would put in his own regime in in Kiev and, uh, you know, take, you know, Zelensky hostage. And make him, you know, tell his people to stand down. And that didn't happen. No, it did and not. So, and so we have all these young, uh, you know, tanks and things that have no gas and they're just stranded. And no plans to resupply them because this was only supposed to last a couple of days and be done. Yep. There are videos and, of people who are driving by these guys in, in tanks and they're just like, you guys broken down? No, we, we just got no fuel. Uh, don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> All right. Well, you need a tow pack from Russia. And yeah, and and he's like, "Well, all right, you you guys take care of yourselves," and drives off. Um, and that's sad. Yeah. I mean, they're cannon fodder, and they're just going to be left there to starve or whatever because that's all they are. They're expendable. Putin doesn't care. They did not include that. No, no. And there are reports no. of um, groups that have gone through, taken, uh, what was it, uh, an a specific airfield. I don't remember which one it was. And then just kept on going after, after they took control of it and left nobody behind. And it's like, well, um, you're, you're this little blob that's now running through part of Ukraine. Oh, look, you're, you're just a, a dot in the middle of this entire sea of people that want to murder your ass until you get back over on your side of the border. That's a bad place to be. That's tactics 101, as somebody best put it. And it's like, you know, what what the hell is going on? Now, I, I bring that up because for those of you that are worried about how all this shit's playing out, let me throw something past you. Because I don't know that it, we haven't talked about this yet. And it's something that I find absolutely fascinating. Follow this. Ukraine had wanted to join NATO. There was a holdup. It wasn't happening. Now, why exactly is anybody's guess? However, considering that the Soviet Union, remember that, that will be important in a moment, was one of the, has been, one of the permanent members. Again, remember, again, that's another important word, permanent member of the UN, it's entirely possible that their influence 
has kind of kept that very low priority, not getting a lot of traction, not moving along. And it's entirely possible that that long-term could make sense. Follow this. It would appear that at the UN, there is a push to requalify the position of the USSR as a permanent member of the United Nations because in the 90s, the USSR was dissolved and reformed as Russia, as a new political entity. The argument has been put out there. If the Union of Social Union of Soviet Socialist Republic is no longer an entity, that means that that permanent position in the UN no longer exists and hasn't for years, which means that Russia should not be considered a permanent member of the United Nations, and as such, should not have any more sway than any of the other normal countries represented. If that flies, that means that Russia gets kicked down a tier. And that means they would be one of only a handful of other countries that might object over so many other countries that would accept into NATO. I know the two aren't exactly equivalent, but pushing through the UN to get to NATO acceptance would be a massive change in the landscape. And wouldn't that just piss off Putin to no end to have his country, the one that he has effectively usurped over the last, what, 20 years? To be kicked down a peg simply because of its existence? It, it would. I would love to see him lose his uh, veto power. I would love him to lose his goddamn mind. Oh, he already has. He has. No, no, he has not. No, he has not. He has been too damned manipulative for me to say that he has lost his goddamn mind. He I is a supervillain who has been working for a very, very long time at this whole day. He thing. has, but I'm saying that I think I think he might have, you know, because you know, some of the people that have you know, studied him and have known him, you know, that have worked in the intelligence community, you know, community and, you know, U.S. officials and things like that, that, you know, have interacted with him over the last 20 years, last 10 years, said that he is not the same person that he was. And I watched his rambling hour-long speech live when he aired it, and you could tell he came across as very unhinged. Maybe the it stupid really rubbed bizarre. off 45 onto him. 
And it wasn't scripted or anything like that, but he went off on this, you know, wild, you know, talking about, you know, Catherine the Great and, um, you know, I was trying to think, you know, the Bolsheviks and all this other stuff. And, and, uh, I mean, at that point, you could tell that he was, you know, talking about reconstituting the whole empire from 1917. And he just went all over the place. It was bizarre. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that part doesn't surprise me. I have seen, however, the cartoon that points out to mm-hmm. somebody, you know, Alaska used to be part of Russia at one time, too. So Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. This is this is bad for a number of reasons, not the least of which is, um, uh, Felix, you, you know who I'm thinking of. A little concerning there, but you know, whatever. But I forget if it was his one of his ambassadors or who it was that he threatened when he was, you know, asking them, you know, questions that was kind of chilling. I can't remember exactly what his position was, but you know what I'm referring to or to you when he was asking him, um, you know, do you support? you know, moving in on Ukraine and the guy, you know, said, I will. And he's like, that is not what I asked you. Do you support it? Not will you or, you know, whatever. And the guy was trying to hedge his bets, you know, a little bit, you know, and Putin wasn't having it. And it was, you know, clear that the guy was rattled and scared because he gave the wrong answer. You know, I, I hate to say it, but that person had more balls than some of the people that we had during the term for the former guy. I'm yeah. looking at you, you bitch. Which one? I'm specifically thinking of the ones that was just, oh yeah, uh, we we can we can we can inject chlorine and 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 shoot uh, sunlight into into people. Sure, yeah. We can we can we can look. Uh, Deborah Burks. I don't care who she was. She needed to. Yeah. She didn't push back. She didn't hedge bets. She was just. Uh. Well. Yeah. You know. We can. We can. We can look at. No. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I. I know what you're saying. <sighs> anyway, and Stephanie is pointing out. Yes, the USA bought Alaska from the Tsar. Yeah. We we know, but we know it used to be part of Ergo. I really don't want to. I really don't want to think of how I'm supposed to write the word um, Alaska in Cyrillic. I don't. I don't do that. I'm sorry. So yeah, we we're we're not going to have that. If anything, let's just turn Alaska over to um, Canada. I mean, it's close enough. Why not? I'm trying to remember which province is out that way. Is that British Columbia? Shit, I forgot. Uh, Joseph, which, uh, which, um, which province territory is all the, all the way on the, the west side? British Columbia. I did have it right. Well, go me. I don't think British Columbia would necessarily want them. They'd have to put up with a whole bunch of Americans. 
But you know how the USA would react to a contract being breached? Mm. Be that as it may. We're worried collectively about all the shit that's going on. We know it. We know that there's a whole bunch of worry that's going on. The, the one thing that I think we could probably get to the top of the hour with at this point, the possibility that this could turn into a nuclear exchange. And I hate to bring it up because that is too real a possibility now. I, I chuckled at that because uh, my son actually asked me about that today. He's like, hey, Dad, will Putin really nuke the Ukraine? And um, I was just like, I- I'm glad he asked, you know. Uh, I'm, that's I'm a hard glad quick. he didn't like, how, just How old is he, 15? 16. 16. That is a hard it's, question for anybody to ask, even at 16. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a possibility. I don't. I, I follow somebody called you know Stone Kettle on Twitter, uh, Jim Wright on Facebook. You know, but he used to be in intelligence. You know, he's you know an older military vet, definitely very sharp, but is very blunt and to the point. And uh, you know, people are going, yeah, but mutually assured destruction. And he's like. You know, I'm telling you that if, you know, all of Russian's troops were out invading otherwise and somebody attacked Russia, yes, he would probably throw nukes because he's not going to have the guts to, you know, commit suicide like Hitler did. That if it looks like Russia is being invaded, he will probably nuke everybody and just say, screw it. And then people are like, yeah, but, you know, environmental damage. And he's like, in the middle of a war, Last thing you're worried about is the climate. Come on, you know. But he he said that that is yeah a possibility. I mean, he probably won't just launch him for the hell of it. But if there's any retaliation against Russia while his military is otherwise occupied, yeah, he will do anything and everything because he's that brutal. And. It looks like at this point he's more interested not in gains per se, even though their economy is really, really crappy and they need the money. But it looks like at this point he's more interested in his legacy. And this is all about his legacy. Yeah, two things. Uh, Joe, um, first up, screw you. That was that was. Uh, I, I see what you did over there. That was that was very good. Don't don't ever do that. You again. asked. I did. I did, and that that's that's why I'm that's not that's why I'm being very nice about it right now because you did exactly what I asked, even if it wasn't what I wanted. Joey right now has done absolute malicious compliance on me, and I respect him for it. Not happy, but I respect him for it. And and item two, I pitched this one over to you. You're the weapons officer, and you get told you're going to be launching a radiological package because you've just been told 
there's a reason to launch a radiological package because I'm telling you, you're going to launch a radiological package. I know there's all this long-standing 1980s trope of this going a whole bunch of possible different ways from action movies and such, but you're a military guy. You're in this, you're in this bunker. I know you, you never trained for this kind of thing to the best of my knowledge. And I'm not going to ask you to answer yes or no on that, but what do you do? Knowing full well, you might have to just eat a goddamn bullet. I mean, we have had that crop up in the past before on both sides. And I don't know the fate of particularly the um, the Soviet uh, soldiers that made those decisions, but thus far we're batting we're batting a good average in favor of humanity because everybody that's been given such an order thus far in our history has said at least someone in that in the chain of where this happens has said you know what let's rethink this here and I know it sounds patronizing to bring up the idea of hopefully cooler heads will prevail, but at least in the past, they have. Not necessarily the heads at the top, but but heads in just the right positions that have been able to delay such an action long enough for those above them to think wait a minute do we really want to do this and joseph you're the one that talks on this on this part the most of all of us the opportunity for people to just not follow a herd to not follow the the great big head and to actually think for themselves but when push comes to to shove in a situation like that where if you think for yourself if you use your critical thinking and think uh, again like the example i had from earlier where you know one nuclear missile on radar yeah that that's that's not a real thing Knowing for well that there is the possibility that you could just be shot for not complying, the the stakes go up high real fast. Well, yeah, but uh, it's kind of your fault for not being implicated in the government until the point that led up to that situation. Well, I'm just I'm just saying if. If Russia is being attacked and Putin feels like the country is going to fall, it's it's going to be all out. I just cannot see that going any differently. And I think he has enough people in government that would comply. 
because they're not <laughs> they're not prepared to have their country fall. Yeah, and tech, I want you to I want you to take this one. What Felix had said. Remember, the eighties were forty two years ago. This is a whole new group that's been dumbed down to follow orders. They've yeah. also upgraded from uh, eight and a half inch floppy disks too. So you know that there's something. Yeah, um, but there's dumb down to follow orders, and then there's there's a mentality that every generation is supposed to be smarter than the generation bef- uh, before it. Yeah, right? we would hope uh, better education and things like that. We saw in Russia under Putin's leadership, so to speak, um, an increase in assault on people who were gay, transgender, things like that. People who even spoke out just in favor of, you know, protecting people who are gay, trans, whatever. Um, you know, so he definitely encouraged uh, homophobia, bigotry, and a lot of other things. Um, basically, hatred, anger. Um, like a certain Oompa Loompa Mussolini that we know and love to hate. Um, I prefer disgust, but you know. That's fair. But despite all that, you've have thousands of people across Russia being arrested by Russian police for protesting what Putin's doing. Thank you. I was I was uh, hoping one of us was going to hit on that. Thank you. And so that leads me to believe that just like any um, military out there, it's a sampling of its people. And I know for a fact that we have people in our military that, you know, if they were ordered to push the button, let's say we started a war with somebody else and they were ordered to push the nuclear warhead button. There are quite a few that would balk at that, despite training, despite being told not to question the order, because they know they're familiar with the concept of mutually assured destruction. They're familiar with the fact that many other countries have nuclear warheads, that once one country fires, many are going to fire as well. This is why what I told my son was when he asked me, Dad, Putin really nuked the Ukraine. My answer was, I don't think so. I think it was used as a scare tactic. Because here's the thing. In a very brief period of time, you can go from just having something on the border to invading a country. right? And... If you're ready to invade, but you need people to back off just enough for you to get your foothold going started, you make a claim that makes them go, whoa, wait a minute, hold on. We got to think about this for a second. Because whereas before that, your opponent might have been have decisive actions of a plan of action. Suddenly, you've just thrown them a curveball and you've made them second guess their plans you now have an advantage. And I think that's what he did. Because this is something that people forget. Putin's KGB. Oh, yeah. What was a KGB good at? They were good at getting information. They were good at finding informants. They were good at 
setting sending out misinformation. They were good at setting up um, plans, not just for short short term, but long term. Is Putin smart? Yes. If Trump was half as smart as Putin, I would be even more fearful of Trump. Agreed. Um, but here's the thing. I also think Putin is in his 70s. Man, he's taking some plan of action. Could he push the button? Sure. There's a greater than zero chance that he's going to push the button if he feels he needs to to prove a point. But I don't think that was his intentions originally. I think his intentions was to use it to get people to back off just long enough for him to take other decisive actions. It's a sleight of hand trick. And but at the same time, knowing that he was KGB, could he have somebody who is, you know, Putin fanatic, Putin a fanboy club, willing to take a briefcase into Kiev and have it detonate a dirty bomb and then say, hey, I didn't do that. That was the uh, Nazis in the Ukraine that blew it up, you know, hurting their own people that we were trying to save you from. And you didn't let us. So it's on you. And now you owe us because that's going to, you know, with the right gust of wind, that all that radioactive material is now blowing into Russia. See, here's the thing that a lot of people don't think about because, like myself, we're not, a lot of us are not geographically inclined. Ukraine borders Russia. If you nuke the Ukraine, that goes into Russia. Would Putin do that to his own people? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know where I don't know where he's mentally at right now. I can't make that claim one way or the other. Is there a greater than zero chance? Shmaybe? I'll give it a solid shmaybe at best. Mm-hmm. Dallin, if, if he was here, knows where it's coming from. That. But I don't know what he would do if he was backed into a corner right now. And that is where people are hesitant. They're not getting a read on the guy. And we're not getting the kind of information that we need. Well, the information, the info community isn't getting the information they need to make a, a, a better determination. Do we have people who say one way or another, whether he's uh, um, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs or what? Yeah, we got a whole bunch of people on the TV. Which ones do we know to trust? Which ones are you willing to trust? Which news companies are you willing to trust? I mean, f- for crying out loud, Russia has been airing uh, sound bites from fucking Fox News' Tucker Carlson. Yep. That is true. Uh, that yep. guy, you know what? The next time he loses his keys or something, I hope one of his coworkers says, Hey, have you checked up your ass lately? I'm 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 with you on that one. Uh, we're we're at the top of the hour. We got we got to. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I got on a roll. No, that's okay. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll just consider that you're 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 out at this point. Oh, my my final out is another f bomb to Tucker Carlson. That's fair. That's fair. You can hold on to that. Um, yeah. What about the rest of you guys? Anybody got uh, something else that they want to? Oh wait, wait. There's one other thing I do want to say quickly. Quickly. 
and that is we're not at World War Three, folks. Right now, it's between Russia and Ukraine, and everybody else is playing, putting their pieces on the chessboard. But it doesn't mean it will be World War Three. It's dark. It's getting dark. But there's plenty of light out there. And you can add to it. Because there's a lot of people who are going to need whatever it is that you can do. So try to add to it. There you go. That's fair. Anybody got something uh, something left over for them? Just jump in. I don't know. Uh, some of the some of the CPAC <laughs> uh, talks have been kind of interesting, and you know, I see that the former guy is just as classy as always. He, you know, his VIP, you know, catered party featured McDonald's. <laughs> okay. Um, it was good enough for the White House. It's good enough for them, I guess. I I guess, but I think it's actually kind of comical now to watch some of these people that were, you know, all you know in supporting you know Putin and blaming NATO and all this stuff are starting to, you know, uh, backtrack rather quickly. It's just kind of interesting to watch, and. Uh, yeah. And and Lindsey Graham, you're such a two-faced little opportunistic shit. Oh, hon, there's plenty of people for that to get slapped against, but we don't I mean raise. there are, but that um that Twitter thread that I saw that was started that was listing, you know, all of the GOP people, you know, that have supported Putin and bashed you know, Biden and all this stuff. And he, you know, and the you know, official GOP Senate tweet sent out, you know, that tweet, you know, the Americans stand with Ukraine. And he ran with it and it was like, oh, since when, you know, and started, you know, adding everybody's, you know, Twitter accounts of all these officials and, you know, screen grabs of where they have, you know, Integrated Biden supported Putin and just went with it. I thought that was terrific. Yeah, we gotta we gotta end up talking about that when we get to, done over here. Uh, Joseph, Joey, either one of you got any last to drop in here? Um. <clears throat> well, just one last thought. Uh, just imagine yourself in the head of a soldier serving in the invading army in Ukraine, like, can you imagine yourself being in that, uh, in that place? And I think that's really what marks the divide between people who think critically and people who don't. And more specifically, people who have taken responsibility for their own survival their own thought processes and and others who would rather leave the decision making to everybody else to whatever authority or leader provider 
insider they're they're following. I'm still working on that blog piece. I'm not done yet. Been two weeks now. <laughs> That's okay. I'm trying to make it as coherent as possible. Fair enough. And Joe, any last for you? Say that someone has their finger on the button. Thankfully, is not wholly accurate. As we said, these systems on both sides are designed in such a way that you can't just press a button and suddenly it all goes. The We certainly hope that this situation resolves itself quickly and with as little bloodshed as possible, but the the only thing we can hope for right now is for basic human decency to prevail. And I can guarantee you that it is not something that knows borders. It is not something that knows nationality. People, There are decent people in every corner of this world, regardless of where you look. There are decent people on either side of the front line of this conflict. And while I'm sure they are not listening right now because they have much more important things on their plate... I urge them, and I urge all of you, to consider the ramifications. Because as as much as I hate to bring it up, Einstein said it best. I know not with what weapons World War III will be fought with. World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. Yeah. I don't want. I don't. I, I don't. I don't want that to be happening anytime in the next five billion years. Myself. Yes, there's a reason why I specifically chose five billion. Look at we the book people. Let me close you off with this. Two quick items. Item number one, MAD, otherwise known as Mutually Assured Destruction as a Deterrent System, fails as soon as one side thinks it doesn't matter. Consider that. And I'll leave you with this. You don't understand You will never understand. I don't understand. Are you kidding me? Me. Of course I understand. I mean, do you call this a war? This funny little thing? This this is not a war. 
I fought in a bigger war than you will ever know. I did worse things than you could ever imagine. And when I close my eyes, I hear more screams than anyone could ever be able to count. And do you know what you do with all that pain? Shall I tell you where you put it? You hold it tight till it burns your hand and you say this. No one else will ever have to live like this. No one else will ever have to feel this pain. Not on my watch. The doctor said it. He put it into perspective that so many of us otherwise would never think about. Yes, it's fiction. Doesn't matter. The idea is still the same. He does go on to finally say, effectively, why don't you just do from the outset what you need to do when all is said and done with all this warfare of yours and just sit down and talk? Because you're going to have to do that eventually anyway. Why not just do it? without bloodshed. It's fiction. doesn't matter. It gives us perspective. And if you get good perspective, sometimes it doesn't really matter nearly as much where it came from. If it came from the imagination of someone else, Sometimes that's otherwise called the aspirations and the inspirations of a people. We're going to be here for you. We're going to do our best, and we will help you to talk when you need it. That's our job, because that's what we've chosen to do. And we'll be here for you. we got to get done and out of here. As always... Everybody, thank you very much for being with us tonight. We hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives and you got something to think about for the week ahead. Over in the chat, uh, I know Josh had to take off earlier. I'm sorry I didn't get the chance to say goodnight to you, but if you catch up on this a little bit later, thank you. We hope to see you again sometime soon. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We'll catch you sometime. Felis, Stephanie, again, you guys take care of yourselves. Um, Stephanie, as far as to the uh, the whole thing about um, incarcerating uh, people for uh, giving aid to the enemy, um, until and unless actual aid instead of just talking happens, there's not a heck of a lot of anything we can really do about it yet. But there's stuff that can otherwise happen that's slightly lower on the chart. Explain it another time a little bit later. Joseph, thank you. Have a good morning. Stay warm, stay safe, and uh, have have a great coffee. I'd, I'd otherwise say on us, but I, I don't have any way of sending you any money. But have a good morning. Uh, yeah, well, you too, sir. Um, I don't know if you'd be interested in what I'm writing but uh, I can send you a link later in the week if you'll. Sure. And if you want, you could uh, drop it in, uh, drop it in the discord for the show. And uh, if you'd like, I can spread it around for other folks to take a look at too. 
if you'd like. Yeah. Well, normally nobody ever reads my blog. It's just my brain fart diary, but uh, <laughs> we'll do. But I think uh, I, I'm just uh, I'm I'm just coming back to this because you know what I'm always referencing on the show. I'm not incredibly coherent about it, so I've tried to <clears throat> sum it all. Let's just say I followed the rabbit hole all the way down. So I hope it just makes my position clear. Fair enough. Thank you, man. You have a good morning. Okay, you too, sir. Tech, ditto. Glad you're able to make it. Welcome back. And you stay warm, man. That's the easy part. I got little fuzzies that like to cuddle. <laughs> Fair enough. But still, you have yourself a safe week, and we'll catch you sometime yeah, you soon. Too. Joey? Yeah, so um, it's going to be interesting for the next couple of days, minimally. You have yourself a good night, and um, enjoy getting yourself to sleep. I hope. Not too long from now, I assure you. <laughs> That's have fair. a good one. Appreciate it. And Bridget, who is getting the Flying Asshole Award of the Night? Oh, wow. Everybody that showed up to CPAC. That's a good start. All of them. And Tulsi Gabbard, really? And now she's backtracking even. Shit. Can I give a nomination for an uh, an anti asshole award? By the way, because uh, sure, because uh, uh, just really quickly for for everybody, because I, I don't know if you'd heard about this one. Um, oh shit! Uh, uh, am I remembering correctly? Is it Madison Cawthorn? Yeah, in, in North Carolina. Oh my! Uh, yes, that is that is. Th- the, the people who decided to bring suit there to see to have him, you know, not be on the ballot because of, you know, Article 14, Section 3, and then the election board saying, yeah, he's disqualified, and then uh, having the AG say, yep, that's a legitimate reason to disqualify him from, re- you know, from running. You go, people. As as the real short uh, fill, in, fill in on this, uh, some folks got together, put in a suit, and said that uh, Madison Cawthorn is not eligible uh, to be part of uh, elected office because of the insurrection clause. And uh, they brought suit against him, and the guys came back, and they're just like, shit, you know what? Um, looks like they're right. Uh, we're not going to take you out of office, but you're not allowed to run for office ever again. So um, in, enjoy the last couple of uh, however long it is until you come home. As an aside, he countersued to basically say, and I'm paraphrasing here, it's, uh, I'm, I'm highly paraphrasing now, it's my God-given right to have this job and for you people to be paying me to do this job. So I deserve to have this job. Wow. And the suit came back and they're just like, uh, dude, no. So um, enjoy the last of your term. So definitely an anti-asshole award right there. That was a good. Um, we. 
Stephanie's saying he's still on the ballot. We we get a we we're gonna have to double check a little bit to find out what the hell is going on on that then to kind of figure that. But last last remembered, he shouldn't be allowed to and will be disqualified. So we'll we'll double check and make sure that that is correct. But otherwise, um. Oh, Joe had to had to pop off. Okay, uh, but otherwise, Bridget, have a good week. Stay warm and um, good good luck dealing with all the other stuff that we were talking about before the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it should, you know, uh, eventually get better over the you know next several weeks. You know, it's just a healing process, and it takes time and all that and you know we're adjusting <laughs> fair enough so folks thank you for being with us as always we'll be back again next week you'll be able to get all the information that you'd like over at the website at holycrapthevlogcast.com links for all of our contact as well as the phone number which you can depending as to what browser you're using you might even be able to just click on the phone number and call us from your desktop right like there 859-HCTV-554-859-428-554 and as i said we'll be back to talk to you again next week if you've got something you want us to talk about let us know and we'll work as best we can and like we said we will be here for you if you need to be in touch with somebody because you need a voice, take a swing over to our Discord channel. Send up an at here and just say, I need to talk to somebody. We'll do our damnedest to be here for you. But until the next time, just thank you. So as always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. Too damn many years later. My hon, I am still in love with you. Matane Fujin, I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. And until the next time we're together, everyone. As always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening. <laughs>